The late Canadian psycholinguist Frank Smith once said, Language is not a genetic gift, it is a social gift. Learning a new language is becoming a member of the club, the community of speakers of that language. It didn't take me long to learn that NBA Top Shot is not just about buying and selling video highlights. It's about learning a new language. And learning this language is key to joining the Top Shot Club. For my first language lesson, I reached out to TJ Lasig, one of the hosts of the Own the Moment podcast, to help define some terms that are essential to the Top Shot language. One thing I wanted to point out as you listen is that toward the end of our conversation, TJ talks about gifting moments and says that this is currently disabled. Since that recording, NBA Top Shot has re-enabled gifting, albeit with some restrictions. Now, without further ado, here is my conversation with TJ. This is Top Shot for Dummy, Episode 2, Top Shot Dictionary. Yeah, so I first fell into Top Shot January 14th, I believe was the date. So I come from a background in the daily fantasy sports industry and guy named Jonathan Bales, who's uh, one of the highly respected people in the industry, had made a tweet and wrote an article about the $35,000 John Morant that he bought. And that is one of the first things that I think kickstarted a lot of folks like myself being aware of Top Shot and starting to get into it. So I, I started checking it out after that and pretty much instantly fell in love with it. I was like, man, this is, this is going to be huge. People are going to love this. I started loving it right away and have really, really been, been headfirst diving into Top Shot ever since. And shortly after that, I think within four or five days, my friend Justin Herzing and I started a, a podcast called Own the Moment about yep. NBA Top Shot. And that's been one of our, our focal points ever since. It's awesome. Well, that was my next question is, uh, you know, A, when did you discover it? B, when did you decide to, you know, start the Own the Moment podcast, YouTube videos, now website, things like that. But it sounds like it was almost instantaneous. Uh, you kind of caught the bug. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're they're pretty much back to back within a week of each other. Just knew that, that people were going to be super into this stuff. But at the same time, there was back in January, I mean, there was nothing to really help you figure out what to do, where to get started, how do I know what's a good moment to buy or a bad moment to buy. And we just wanted to start to create some content to help people figure this out as we figured it out for ourselves. And now we've we've started a, a website as well, otmnft.com that people can check out. And our goal with that is really to to try and create the tools and the information that that we ourselves would want to help in our top shot decision making and bring those to the people. So you can see things like the, the highest risers and fallers on a given day. You can view each of the moments and how their price has trended over time. You can look at the challenges that I think we're going to talk about a little bit today and see how those have trended over time and a ton more that, that we're going to continue to be adding to that site and just trying to provide as much transparency into the data behind Top Shot as we possibly can. I guess that's one thing that, that I will say about the own the moment stuff is that we do take a, a pretty kind of data heavy approach to things. That's just how, how we like to to view the world. And a lot of that comes from our, our background in the daily fantasy sports industry. Yeah. Very cool. First thing that, um, you know, a lot of people are hearing around the top shot world and even way more broadly is, uh, the term NFT. So I think you could, uh, take a shot at that one for us. 
Yes, yes. NFT is all the rage right now. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do my best to define that. So an NFT is a non-fungible token. And so in order to unpack that, we need to understand what does non-fungible mean and what is a token and also what does fungible mean. So people are hopefully familiar with Bitcoin at this point. And so Bitcoin would be considered a fungible token and fungible meaning that one Bitcoin is equal to another Bitcoin is equal to another Bitcoin. Same thing with a a US dollar, for example. One US dollar is equivalent to another US dollar. That's what makes those fungible. Then when we get into the NFT space and the non-fungible aspect, it means that each of the tokens is unique from the other and different, right? So mm-hmm. that is what we get into with the, the moments that we have in NBA Top Shot. And the way that these are unique is because of the different serial numbers, right? So there may be 1,000 of a certain LeBron James dunk, but each of those has a different serial number, serial number one, two, three, et cetera, all the way up to 1,000. And so each of those is then unique in the fact that they all have a different serial number. And how that is determined and how the NFTs are, as they say, minted is through blockchain technology on the back end. So not going to get too, too deep in all of the blockchain stuff. And I, I do not pretend to be a, a blockchain expert myself, but essentially there's these smart contracts that people can can essentially write and say that, okay, this token is serial number two. And then when we're on the NBA Top Shot website, essentially the, the video or the GIF that we are watching is just the the front end of that underlying token that exists on on the back end. And NBA Top Shot is just one example right now of NFTs that that have been blowing up. And we've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of different examples of digital art. We've seen a number of professional athletes or musicians getting involved in this space. I just saw Tom Brady was starting something with NFTs. I saw that yesterday. So it's and it's really to me a, a way to to prove digital ownership and digital authorization and allows for a kind of one to one transaction to take place between the the original owner of the token and somebody else who's willing to to pay money to to buy that token and and values that and yes the one of the the questions that we always get about top shot is well couldn't couldn't I just watch this video on YouTube? And the answer is that yes, you certainly could watch that video the same way that you could take a screenshot of the Mona Lisa, but you, you don't own the Mona Lisa just because you have a screenshot of it or just because you have a fake one that is up on your wall, right? You don't have that true authenticated original version. And that is is the, the beauty of NFTs and allows that digital ownership authenticity. And that is all done through the, the blockchain technology on the back end. Cool. Yeah, that was uh, one of the best descriptions <laughs> I've ever heard. I think um, specifically related to blockchain. I'm with you. Uh, people, you know, that know I've kind of been getting into this over the last uh, month, six weeks, will eventually bring up something about the blockchain, and that's kind of where I say I won't pretend to know anything about how that works. Um, but no, I think uh, you know, big picture, looking at NFTs, that that all makes um, a little bit of sense, as much sense as it can make right now. It's so. definitely it's definitely a mind bender. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you have to basically kind of accept that. Yeah. You know, just because everybody doesn't value it doesn't mean that it doesn't have value, right? And mm-hmm. right now, a lot of the NFT use cases are in these digital collectible type of areas, such as Top Shot. But we're also seeing more and more use cases develop where there's some additional utility to the NFTs, and I think that we'll just continue to see new innovative ways to leverage this new technology 
and build out this, this kind of digital world that I, I really truly believe in the next five, 10, 15 years is going to, to really take over and become a much more prominent part of everyone's daily life. It's just, it's going to take some time because like I said, it, it takes a while to, to wrap your head around a bit. Sure. So you, you know, did go into a little bit there specifically about NBA top shot moments. Um, and even with those alone, there's a lot to unpack. So I have, um, maybe four or five kind of sub terms under this, uh, you know, moment, this idea of a, of a moment. Um, but first, could you, uh, just define what a moment is if if this you know if that phrase is new to someone for the first time. Sure. Yeah. So a moment in the top shot world is a 10 to 15 second video clip of a player in the NBA making a certain kind of play. So you can have a, a LeBron James dunk, a Steph Curry three, a Zion Williamson block. And it's just a a video clip of that play that takes place. It'll have the date that it took place. And then it will, beyond that, there will be a certain number of moments that exist, which is what we call the the circulation count, right? So there may Mm -hmm. be 10,000 of a specific moment that have been minted, right? And so that means that the top shot team has chosen that, that this is how many of a particular dunk is going to exist. They will each then have their own serial number and those serial numbers. And I don't, I, I feel like I'm going to answer too many questions at no, once, no, go for it. <laughs> but you can, you know, buy them on the marketplace and such. I know we're probably going to get to that in the near future, but yeah, really at its core, it's just that 10 to, to 15 second video clip. And one thing that I will say, and the reason that this is possible is because of the partnership that the top shot team and the Dapper labs team has with the NBA. They have a mm-hmm. license with the NBA So all of these moments are licensed by the NBA and that is why it's possible, right? Like the NBA is saying that this is the official Steph Curry three-pointer from whatever date without that partnership with the NBA, none of this would be possible. Yeah. So you talked about serial number now a couple of times, which was on my list. Um, And to me, that's one of the things at its core that is easiest to kind of wrap my head around. Um, but I guess, could you talk a little bit about, you know, these different circulation counts? So I think the max is what, 35,000 for some of those common moments. And then obviously there's a lot fewer than that in terms of total circulation. And then, yeah, each you know moment that a user has, has a unique serial number like you were talking about. But um, yeah, maybe talk a little bit about how, you know, serial numbers is one of these things that makes each moment unique and also kind of assigns inerrant value to each moment based on how small or how large the circulation count and then also, you know, which serial number you get. Yep. So starting with the circulation count, like you said, they they go up to as many as 35,000. Some of the original legendary moments had as few as 59 that were minted. I do not think we will ever see a moment with only 59 again. They have continued to to expand that number. They are currently at 35,000 as the max. You'll also, if you go on the Top Shot website, you'll see that it says 35,000 plus with a CC next to it. So the CC means that it is a circulating count and you see the plus that go along with it, which basically means that as of this time, the Top Shot team reserves the right to increase that number from 35,000 to 50,000. So it basically means that those moments, there's been 35,000 that have been minted to date, but there is the possibility that more of that would be minted in the future. 
Whereas you will see some others, maybe you see one that's a 12,000 LE. LE stands for limited edition, which means that there are 12,000 of these minted and there will never be more than 12,000 that can be minted. And so what, what we will see likely in the near-ish future is that for those group of moments that have 35,000, they will move from CC to LE eventually. And then we saw that happen once before with the, the 15,000. So go back a couple of weeks or months at this point, 15,000 was the highest circulating count for any of the moments. And they, they moved those at one point from the CC to the LE. Mm-hmm. So that's a limited edition. So that's kind of the, the baseline of how many of a specific moment are available and kind of from a, a supply demand perspective, obviously, if there is more of a moment, then it's not as rare, not as scarce, and generally speaking, not viewed to be as valuable because a lot more of them exist. Whereas if you have one where there's only a thousand in existence, it's a lot more rare, a lot more scarce, and tends to drive up the price of that moment because it's harder to get your hands on. And you'll also see that the, the those counts tend to correlate directly with the common, rare, and legendary tiers that I know you talked a little bit about in your first episode. Mm-hmm. And then when we get the next level from there, we have the serial number. So generally speaking, the the lower the serial number, the higher the value of the moment, right? You you pull a, a single digit serial number in the top 10, that's extremely valuable because there's only, there's only nine of them, right? One right. through nine. Those are the only ones that are in the top 10. Number one serial tends to to be the highest valued. The jersey number is also known to have a lot of value. So if you have a jersey match where you have a LeBron James and that you get the number 23 serial, a lot of value in that because LeBron James is number 23. And then, yeah, from, from there, it just continues on and on. And, and generally speaking, there, there are kind of tiers of, you know, where the drop off, like I talked mm-hmm. about a top 10, you have top 100, top 1,000. We, we haven't done a ton of analysis into exactly what those cutoffs are, but I think as you as you navigate, the, those are kind of natural cutoffs, right? Yeah. You see a three-digit serial versus a four-digit versus a five-digit. Those are, are somewhat arbitrary, but just human cutoffs of, of what provides value there. And then when you're looking to, to shop the marketplace, that's definitely one of the things to consider is, do I want to just look at the lowest ask of a moment and buy whatever serial number is associated with that ask? Or am I hunting for serial numbers that, that are meaningful to the moment or meaningful to me? And you know, there's there's all kinds of numerology sure. out there for people that that value different serial numbers, and you know, it's, it's really kind of about building a story behind it too, right? Like if you yeah. have a serial number that is important to you, then awesome, like go for it, get it. That's part of the the fun of the collector's experience, in my view. Yeah, that was one thing I that kind of stood out to me was the jersey number thing because I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, a '77 Luka Doncic would have you know, much value, but it's kind of cool that, uh, I assume like the community created, you know, that value. It wasn't like top shot said, Hey, automatically, because, you know, this matches the player's Jersey number, it's going to be more, but it's something that, uh, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably kind of organically grew. And it's just a cool thing that, you know, adds a little more value. Um, if you do happen to get the, the same serial number as a player's Jersey. No, you are spot on there. And that, that was, that value was determined by the community. And I, I actually believe, so if you go on the, the website and you're searching through someone and there's a Jersey number for sale, it will, it will actually call that yeah. out next to it. And I believe the backstory behind that is that was a, a community recommended decision for the top shot team to add that it was not the, the top shot team didn't 
you know, force that on the community. So right. and I think that's another thing that the Top Shot team has been great about is really taking feedback from the community and wanting it to be a, a community led, you know, endeavor and, and not just them setting mm-hmm. the terms. So, but yeah, that, that's, that is the backstory behind the Jersey number and I've definitely seen that, that it, it holds value for sure. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so let's see, uh, talk to me about sets. I know that's kind of, uh, you know, another thing that makes each moment or certain groups of moments unique. Um, and, you know, I did talk about in the first episode, I was lucky enough to get in on the all-star game pack drop, which, you know, that would be, um, considered a set, you know, the, the, um, Zion moment that I got from that pack. So, um, you've probably seen a lot more of those come and go just since, uh, even joining a month, about a month earlier than I did. But, uh, yeah, talk to me a little bit about those. Yeah. So when the top shot team goes about creating and minting new moments, they, they will do so as a part of a, what they call a set. So we have series one and series two, which is just by the season, right? So series one was last year's NBA season. Series two is this current NBA season. When we get to next year, there will be a series three. And then within those series, we have a number of different sets. So we have the base set, which is kind of the first set that, that of common moments that gets minted and typically has the, the most number of moments within the set. And then from there, you'll see a variety of common, rare, and legendary sets that get created. So you talked about the All-Star Game weekend. As a result of that, we saw three different sets that were created. So we had the, the Seeing Stars set that was made. We had the Rising Star set that was a rare set that was created. And then we had the All-Star Game set, which is the one that that you created. We, we've also, or that you had mentioned. I wish I created it. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish you created it. <laughs> and then we had the, the Cool Cat set. And, and, you know, really it's just a, a grouping of moments. And one of the, the fun things that you could look to do from a collector standpoint is, is trying to complete a full set. It's, it's not cheap to mm-hmm. do so, especially not nowadays, but that is definitely one aspect to, to the collector's experience is, is being able to say, okay, there's, you know, 20 moments within this set and I'm going to have a goal for myself to collect all 20 of those moments. Another thing that I'm sure we'll get into is the challenges and the challenges tend to, to go by, moments that are a part of a, of a set that is together. Um, yeah. One more thing before challenges, which I do yeah. want to spend some time on. Um, and this is something that I know is pretty new and it seems like there's a lot of anticipation about it, but badges. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So the badges have been a conversation of, of kind of rumors and speculation for a while. Um, and now they are live on the website. So there are, are four badges that you would see. One of them is the, the rookie mint, which means that the moment was minted during that player's rookie season. You have the rookie year, which means that the moment itself took place during the rookie season. And so the, a lot of them will have both of those badges mm-hmm. at the same time, but the exception would be They've done run it back sets before where it's essentially like a throwback to there's like a Kevin Garnett moment, a Ray Allen. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, you could have a throwback to someone's rookie year moment, but it was not actually minted in their rookie year. So that's the difference between the two of those. 
Then you have a third rookie one, which is the, the rookie premier game. So it means that it was their first game as a rookie, their first NBA game. So those are the three rookie badges, the rookie mint, the rookie year, the rookie premier. And then if any of the rookies, such as the series two, like the Tyrese Halliburton's from this season, they will get the, the triple badge. So there's kind of a unique badge for any of the rookies that have all three of those. And then there's a fourth badge that is the top shot debut. So whenever it is the that specific player's first moment that they have minted on top shot, it will get the top shot debut badge. And so those, you can see those in the marketplace, you can filter by them and definitely adds, you know, some extra value, some extra cool factor to the moments because they get those badges. They also, it's not a badge, but they added a, a star next to the challenge rewards. So it's a okay. little bit different than a badge, but that is a new thing that they added in the last couple of days. There's been speculation on whether or not more badges will get added in the future. That may or may not be the case, but for the most part, the badges are, are meant to be rare. They're meant to be hard to come by. And right now it may seem like, you know, a, a higher than expected ratio of moments have badges. But when you think about it, right? Like all the top shot debut badges, they're, they're distributed. Now right. people that have that, they're not getting that again. So as more and more moments are created, the badges are going to become more and more scarce relative to the overall population of moments that exist. So the badges is definitely a cool thing. And mm-hmm. definitely something that, that you want to be looking for as you're you're going through your Top Shot experience. Now, have you seen, um, I guess, what, it's been 10 days, two weeks, something like that since the badges debuted. Have you already seen any kind of um, increased value with those? I know one of the things you mentioned, I, I think it was one of your podcasts, was just the searchability factor alone um, just makes it. I think better and easier for everyone that, you know, now you can search by these badges when you're looking on the marketplace, which I think, you know, will ultimately increase the value just because, you know, people will be able to find rookies a lot easier, top shot debuts and things like that. Uh, but in terms of, you know, immediate impact, was there any kind of overnight change that you noticed? There actually wasn't, which I guess is not terribly surprising. It seemed very much like a you know, in the stock market, you hear kind of the buy the rumor, sell the news type of thing. And so I think in a lot of ways, the badges were quote unquote baked in to the prices and the people that that were in the know on Top Shot knew the moments that were about to receive a badge. Yeah. And as a result of that, we, we actually saw bigger spikes in the two, there were two times in the past where we saw bigger spikes. And it was when the Top Shot team posted a blog about the news that the badges will be coming. Gotcha. That was when we saw the original spikes and then it kind of tailed off. Then they reposted the blog. We saw another spike. It kind of tailed off. And then in the couple of days leading up to the Top Shot team had announced that by the end of March, the badges are going to be coming live. And we saw another spike then. And then since the release of the badge, there, there was actually a slight, you know, kind of pullback, if anything. But it's it's also hard to say because it's been a bit of a bear market in general, right? Mm-hmm. So thing prices were trending downward across the board, which means that, you know, all else considered, the prices would have been going down or stagnating. Although over the last couple of days, I think things have have started to flatten out and, and trend upward a bit. So I, I think that the 
the badges will hold value longer term, but mm-hmm. the initial spikes had already been baked in prior to them actually being released onto the website. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, since you brought up just the market in general, um, let's go ahead and get into that. So in the first episode, I really talked exclusively about packs. I've you know, opened a couple packs and obviously that's kind of the... Uh, I don't know, shiny new toy, if you will. Um, but there's this whole other, you know, world of Top Shot where you can buy and sell on the marketplace. Um, so yeah, if you would just maybe describe or define the marketplace and uh, you know, give a little description of how it works, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Packs, packs are awesome, and opening a pack is is a great feeling and it's super exciting. But I think really the the meat and potatoes of Top Shot comes with the marketplace. And this is where you can go on and you can sell the moments that you have in your collection and put them up for sale for a certain asking price. Or you can go and see all of the moments that are available to for, for purchase. So when you go to the, the Top Shot website and you navigate up to the marketplace tab, you'll see a list of all the moments that are available for sale. You will see them listed by the lowest asking price, which just indicates what is the cheapest price that this particular moment is for sale at. And then from there, you can go in, you can click select and buy, and you can view all of the unique serial numbers that are for sale and what price they are for sale on. And so right now, there's no ability to, there's no bidding system where you can kind of proactively offer up a price for a moment. It's strictly the the price is set by the seller and the buyers mm-hmm. have the option to go in and, and make those purchases. But this is where you can identify, you know, who, who are your favorite players and go ahead. You can search their name. You can view all of the different moments that they have across the different series and the different sets and the various price points. Find one that, that is right for you. Then you can dig in a level deeper, take a look at the different serial numbers. I think, you know, one, one kind of strategy that people do is just collecting a bunch of, of, of lowest ask moments and not worrying too much about the serial numbers. But mm-hmm. I think the, the next level would be trying to get, like we talked about earlier, those, those higher value serial numbers or those serial numbers that, that have some particular meaning to you. But yeah, that's, uh, and there's a lot of action on on the marketplace. Like you pull up any of the individual common moments and, and the, the volume of transactions is pretty, pretty substantial to the point where there's being sales happening on any given moment every couple of minutes. So that's one of the things that, that makes me pretty bullish on the whole thing is general. It's just the level of activity that's going on on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've definitely gotten my fair share of, uh, you know, rejection emails when I've tried to just buy a, mm-hmm. I don't know, eight dollar uh clint capella common moment or something like that and uh they just are bought up so quickly it uh can be hard to get those especially the low low ask ones um and yeah you kind of hinted at this earlier um but you've over the last uh you know two two and a half months have probably seen the market ebb and flow a lot and you know i joined when it felt like the whole rest of the world was joining. And, uh, you know, even just to get 
a common moment um, for, you know, a player that isn't necessarily noteworthy was going to run about 20 bucks or something like that. And uh, now the marketplace today, and even since I recorded my first episode a couple weeks ago, looks very different. Um, so could you just talk a little bit maybe about the current state of the market? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and we're actually on our podcast and I'm going to do a deep dive into this exact topic, right? Because everyone is wondering what's going on with the marketplace right now. Why have things been constantly trending down? What do the next couple of months look like? Should I be worried? Do we think that there's a turnaround happening? So very relevant topic and, and something that we've been discussing internally over at Own the Moment. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, a, we, we always use a certain formula where the market is determined by the amount of money that people deposit onto the website minus the amount of money that people are withdrawing and the amount of money that's being sent to Dapper in the, in the form of fees, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. how you know, it's determined how much money is in the, the overall ecosystem. And so when we look at that, the way for the market to kind of trend upwards is that more money is being deposited and placed onto NBA Top Shot. And the best way for that to happen is through new users that are coming on and depositing money. Right now, we are in a holding pattern where they do not have new user signups available. So there's not really any new money coming in at this moment and, and for the past couple of weeks. And to me, that is the, the biggest reason as to why we've seen things stagnate and trend downward is because there's no new money coming in. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that the Dapper Labs team made a good decision by kind of halting that Mm -hmm. focus on getting the website fully functioning. And it's been a lot better. Like two months ago, the website was crashing nonstop. Yep. You would, you know, they'd have to go into maintenance for extended period of times. Now we're at the point where they ran a pack drop and the marketplace was open during the packs being distributed. That had never <laughs> been the case before. Yep. And like for a new user, that just may seem you don't even notice that that's happening, right. right? But for someone like me that has been around a while, it's like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a big deal because it shows kind of how they've grown in their technical infrastructure to be able to handle all of that. So I think there's a, that's one thing, right, is the lack of new money that has been able to come in. And then the other is you talked about All-Star Weekend. I mean, that was like, that was the big boom, right? That mm -hmm. was super hyped up. They dropped the three different sets. They had all these pack drops. They were pumping all kinds of moments into the system. And that's what, what needs to happen. But it's a simple kind of economics supply and demand calculation. Whenever you increase the supply by that much, and at the same time, you're holding back demand by not allowing new user signups, it's going to naturally bring down all of the prices because you have a massive increase in supply and demand has remained stagnant. So I think that's, you know, that, that's really what it comes down to. And the reason for the mega booms that we saw earlier was that it was the opposite, right? They were not introducing new moments. Mm -hmm. They were not increasing the supply, but the demand was going crazy right. each and every day. And as a result of that, all the prices went up. So I think what we've seen is, is pretty natural and pretty healthy for the long term. And yeah, I mean, some people have probably had a poor experience in terms of I join Top Shot, I buy a moment or I get a moment in a pack. And then I just watch the value of that moment slowly trickle down each and every day. And I, I totally get that frustration. I mean, 
I'm in the same boat here, right? Like I, I I've got a, a substantial amount of moments myself, and I and I watch them go down. But at the same time, the the people that are are here because they enjoy the product, because they enjoy collecting in it, investing in it, because they believe in this long term, that stuff shouldn't matter, right? We shouldn't be right. sweating the day to day, the hour to the hour. And if people were just into Top Shop because they thought that they could buy a pack for nine dollars and sell it for $150 and get out. Like, I don't know. Those people aren't really going to be long-term top shot users anyways. And, you know, you shouldn't be mad because someone's not giving you free money. Like that's, that's one of my perspectives at least. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So uh, what or who is Dapper Labs? Yes. So yeah, if you're in the top shot industry, you'll hear Dapper Labs a lot. And so Dapper Labs is the company behind NBA Top Shot. So they are the creators of the Flow blockchain, which is where products like NBA Top Shot are built. They're built on the Flow blockchain. Dapper Labs also, back in 2017, had a, a product called CryptoKitties. I mean, they, they still have CryptoKitties, mm-hmm. but it became popular back in 2017, which was these these digital kitties that you could breed or whatever. I don't know a ton about CryptoKitties. I was not involved in that, but it's it's almost like a, a blockchain version of like a Tamagotchi or something like that back uh, for anyone that's familiar with that. So Dapper Labs is the company that built the Flow blockchain. On the Flow blockchain, they have built this incredible product NBA Top Shot. They have, as I mentioned before, that license with the NBA, which makes all of this possible. They also currently have licenses with the UFC and with Dr. Seuss. So those are going to be upcoming digital collectible items. I'm super curious to see what the Dr. Seuss one looks like. And, and yeah, I, think, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think the fact that they have that, right, just goes to show where they're thinking in terms of the possibilities here. It's not just NBA. It's not just sports. They're willing to expand into all of these. I know that there's rumors that obviously conversations with other leagues, NFL, NHL, in my view, it, it would be silly for the sports leagues not to be looking into this, right? It's a, right. it's a revenue source for the league. It's a way to help them engage with their fans. So yeah, that, that, that is the Dapper Labs team. Um, Roham as the CEO has been very vocal and active within the community. He was even on CNBC the other day. So they're, they're, they're getting their name around. And the, the big news last week with Dapper Labs was that they secured a $305 million round of funding at a $2.6 billion valuation. So for people that think this is just a fad, uh, I don't think people, <laughs> I don't think big names are investing $305 million in something that's only going to be a fad. And the, the biggest name headlining that funding round was none other than Michael Jordan. So with that investment and with Michael Jordan being connected with the Dapper Labs team now, I have to imagine that in the future, we're going to see some run it back Michael Jordan moments and that is going to be popular. I'll (laughs) tell you that much. LeBron's going to have some competition for the the most valuable moments on Top Shot, I think for the first time. Yeah. I heard you guys mention that um, a few episodes ago on your podcast, I think. And uh, I hadn't even, you know, I heard that he was one of the investors. I hadn't even thought about what that would mean for, you know, potentially getting some moments of him in Top Shot. But 
Yeah, I uh, if that does happen, I hope I'm lucky. Hope both of us are lucky enough to pull one of those because that would be nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we've covered a lot here. Um, what, at least one more thing, and I know we've teased it a couple times here, but uh, challenges. Uh, and I know this is something yeah. that the Own the Moment crew puts a lot of time into evaluating. And you know, honestly, if you just Look at uh, Top Shot Twitter. Um, I don't know if that's a thing yet, but I'll uh, I'll start. It's, Top it's Shot definitely Twitter. a thing. It's definitely a thing. <laughs> um, There's a lot you know, of Top one Shot of them, Twitter going on. Oh yeah, one of the most common things you see is all this uh, analysis and evaluation of challenges, whether they're worth it. Um, you know what the cost is to complete them versus the reward, things like that. So if someone's never heard of a Top Shot challenge before, uh, how would you describe it to them? Yeah. So. The challenges are a way that add to me a little bit of a gamification to NBA Top Shot and, and make it expand beyond just simply a collector's experience. And simply put, the Top Shot team will announce a challenge. That challenge will contain a certain number of moments. So I'm looking at the Top Shot challenge page right now. There's a metallic gold LE challenge number 22. And there are nine moments as a part of that challenge. So how it works is that if you own in your account each of those nine moments at the time the challenge expires, you get the reward. And the challenge reward is a new moment that is announced ahead of time that can only be received by completing the challenge or by after the fact buying it off of the marketplace if people complete the challenge and then put it for sale. So these are moments that will never be available in a pack. So the that, that's really what it is at the end of the day. So you collect all of these moments with the hopes that you not only get the, so, so you get the challenge reward, but then you also have that chance of pulling a low serial number right. or a jersey number serial number, which which I think is part of the fun. So and your odds are a lot better because there'll be fewer right, moments minted right. since it yep. just it all depends on how many people complete the challenge. Exactly. Yeah. So depending on how many people complete the challenge, that is how many of the reward moments will be minted. And then you'll get that reward dropped into your account. But yeah, this is something that uh, we spend a lot of time on. Over at Own the Moment, again, I'll plug the website one more time. It's otmnft.com. So you can go to our challenges section. And what we do here is just take a look at and, and try to simply put what is the, the cost to complete the challenge. So if there's 10 moments in a particular challenge, we'll have each of those moments listed in a chart. You'll be able to see the total cost of completing the challenge over time. Uh, and you know how each of those have done in the last four hours, 24 hours, seven days, etc. Trying to identify if and when it's the right time to buy. And I think I think there's a couple. I mean, one, it's just it's fun to mm -hmm. to do the challenges. I mean, it really is. And I know that I've had had fun with it personally, but it's definitely become a bit of an issue because people people are kind of losing money on the challenges and feeling like they're getting burned because they're, they're buying in to all of the, the challenge moments. They're getting the reward, but then as soon as the challenge ends, what we've pretty much always seen is a 50 to 60% drop mm -hmm. in all of the challenge moments because now that people don't need the utility of that moment anymore, they're going to the marketplace and putting it for sale 
and, and undercutting each other at the lowest ask, which drops, seemingly drops the value of all of those moments. And if you're thinking about it purely from a math standpoint, whether or not the challenge is quote unquote worth it is basically, well, what is the, the cost of the moments before? How does that compare to the cost of the moments after the challenge expires, that kind of 50, 60% discounted, plus the value of the reward that I get? And that's kind of the, the pure math way mm-hmm. of looking at it. So we've definitely seen some, some trends where completing challenges has not been worth it. Although with the ones that we saw expire recently, we, we didn't see as major of a sell-off as we did before. But I also think it also depends on what the moments are, right? So like the, the rising, rising stars and seeing stars challenges from the all-star game all of the moments in those challenges. I mean, they're, they're literally people that were in the all-star right. game. So it's, it's solid moments, right? It's not just people that collected 10 garbage moments just for the challenge. It's moments that people probably want to hold on long-term. So this is something that we're going to continue to look at and continue to, to talk about, but it's definitely fun. And yeah. I, I'm sure that the Top Shot team is going to continue to try and find ways to innovate on the challenges to make it you know, make it worth it for people to compete in this way because that, that's what makes it a game. That's what makes it fun. It, you're not just buying and selling random stuff on there, mm-hmm. but you're like actively working towards achieving a goal. And to me, that really adds to the whole experience of Top Shot. Now, is there a way um, where, let's say, someone doesn't have, you know, a couple grand to uh, kind of put toward attaining these moments, um, but let's say they have one, maybe two moments that are included in what you need to attain the challenge. Um, Have you seen that, you know, maybe a person in that case could kind of participate in or benefit from these challenges in the sense that there's going to be people who are able to complete these challenges that might need those one or two moments in your collection. So even if you say, hey, I'm not going to invest the money to get all seven or nine or however many moments, but maybe there'll be a, you know, 10, 20% uh, increase in terms of what I could charge someone to sell this moment to them that they need to complete the challenge. Is that kind of a thing or, you know, a way for someone to participate in the challenge without full, you know, going all in on it? Definitely. Definitely. There's, there's value to, you know, owning, even if you're not, even if you know, you're not going to complete the challenge, you can buy one or two of those moments and look to to flip them later before the challenge expires to try and make make some of that profit. There, there used to be, so they've turned off the ability to gift moments mm-hmm. right now. I'm not sure if you've talked about that at all, but you used to be able to just gift moments to other people. Now they've turned that off, I think rightfully so, because there's a lot of speculation and concern around multi-accounting, right? Like, yeah. I, it's a shame because gifting is a great way for a group of friends, right? Like you just said, okay, we've got five friends. None of us individually want to put up all this money to complete the challenge. Mm-hmm. But as a group, it would be fun for the five of us to complete the challenge and get this LeBron James reward. Like that would be an awesome group right. thing to do. And I think that that is a healthy and intended way of something like gifting to work, right? Because then each of them could kind of purchase their own, gift them all to one account, complete the challenge on that account, do what they want with it after. That to me is a completely like positive experience, positive way to handle this. 
But what we've seen is that, you know, people take advantage of that and you've got maybe one person that has all these accounts, but it's just, yeah. that, that's Their a whole second cousin it's, has an account. Right, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think there's definitely elements to competing in a challenge by, by buying one of the moment. And it's even fun to just own one of the moments in the yeah. challenge and, and just, just track how that one goes. Right. But w- one thing I will say is that come challenge expiration, it's pretty, if you own any moments that are a part of the challenge, it's pretty smart to either have all of the moments so that you're completing the challenge or to have sold the moments off that you do have prior to the challenge ending, because chances are, like I said, it's going to drop as soon as the yeah. challenge ends. So even if it's a moment that you do like and that you do want to hold on to, it's probably still smart to sell it before the challenge ends. And then you can always buy it back buy it later back, at, a, sure. at, a pre- at a cheaper price tag. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, cool. Well, uh, we've covered a lot. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, is there anything you, you feel like I missed that's kind of a top shot essential? I think you covered covered it all. Uh, for for folks that are are new and looking to get involved, you don't have to jump right into to the marketplace and start buying. And honestly, right now is is maybe not even the best time to, to be doing that. But definitely keep a pulse on on things that are going on. You know, again, not to to completely plug us, but you can follow our Twitter account <laughs> at In the Moment NFT. We're always trying to just provide info out there about what's going on in the marketplace uh, can check out our website and just get a feel for how prices are tracking. Maybe there's a moment that, that you're interested in that you want to follow and you want to, you know, just keep an eye on, see how the price is trending over time. Like I, I have not been really, I've just been holding my moments, not really buying or selling, but that doesn't mean I'm not involved. Like I, I'm still always looking at everything, yeah. always seeing what's going on and to me, that's just that's just kind of a fun part of it, but uh, definitely definitely get yourselves in, in line for pack drops if you have an account and if you can, and if you're not signed up yet, you can get yourself on a wait list so that when the Top Shot team does open user signups back up, you can make sure to to get yourself involved and and enjoy this experience. I, I really think it's it's just the beginning, not just for NBA Top Shot, but for other sports coming down the pipeline, and it's a lot of fun. So give it a shot. And if you have any questions, feel free to, to reach out to, to myself personally, and we will, we'll do what we can to help out. Yeah. Well, I definitely want you to, to plug yourself as much as you can. Um, yeah, I know you've mentioned the podcast, um, Twitter, uh, what else do you guys have going on? Yep. Yep. So we've got the, 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 the podcast and YouTube channel. So own the moment podcast on the moment youtube channel you guys can check that out see all of the the past videos and podcasts that we've created we typically tend to do two a week we try to do one with a guest that we will bring on and then we try to do one with uh, that is typically just justin and i that focus you know a little more of a focused podcast the guest one is usually more of just like a a fun one interview Mm -hmm. a guest learn about their background that kind of thing and uh, yeah, that, that's that's really the the meat of it right now. We also have a Discord that is currently on a wait list. But for anyone that is is interested in kind of taking the next step, we've got a, an awesome community of users in there that are dropping a ton of knowledge. In addition to the, the people on the OTM team, and yeah, we just we love this stuff. We love this community, and just trying to to build it all up together and. 
even if you're, you know, anyone listening to this podcast right now, like, I feel like I say this all the time, but it's still early, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's still so many people that are not familiar with this, that, that have not heard of it. So don't feel like just because you missed the, the mega boom in January and February that you're, you're too late to the party. Cause I I truly do not believe that to be the case. And I I think that we're, you know, when we zoom out at the the five, 10 year view of this, the the last couple of months are going to just be a blip on the radar. And I'm really excited to see where this thing goes and appreciate you having me on the the show today. Looking forward to to following your podcast as well. I think it's, it's awesome. The more people that, that are providing different lenses and different kind of you know, perspectives and, and information and content around this stuff, the better it is for the community as a whole. So there you have it. Make sure to go check out Own the Moment and all the cool stuff they're doing. And while you're at it, don't forget to download and subscribe to this podcast. And whatever you do, just don't be a dummy. <laughs>